Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include foreign nationals and the CFPB. My interview with Simple Next is Lori Brewer on areas in the mortgage space that technology and innovation will impact most. And reaction to inflation at the wholesale level. Today's podcast is brought to you by Simple Nexus, an Encino company and award-winning developer of mortgage technology for modern lenders. Simple Nexus unites the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process into a single sign-on solution. See how Simple Nexus leads the pack in mortgage technology innovation at simplenexus.com. You know today is the 15-year anniversary of Lehman Brothers going up? Have you heard of Florida Senate Bill 264? I know, so many questions to start the day. The Senate bill prohibits the direct or indirect ownership of specific categories of real estate by foreign principals from a foreign country of concern, defined as the People's Republic of China, the Russian Federation, the Islamic Republic of Iran, the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, the Republic of Cuba, the Venezuelan regime of Nicolas Maduro, or the Syrian Arab Republic. The statute prohibits the acquisition of any interest in agricultural land by a foreign principal, any interest in real property located near a military installation or critical infrastructure by a foreign principal, and any real estate interest by a foreign principal of the People's Republic of China, subject to very limited exceptions. There are challenges, of course. Speaking of legal challenges... The Freedom Mortgage case should capture the attention of every mortgage broker, lender, and real estate agent. It's the biggest statement the CFPB has made about their feelings on co-marketing in a long time. The fact that they targeted a mortgage company providing free open house flyers and free access to a subscription they pay for is huge because these arrangements exist in so many mortgage companies, including wholesale lenders, and rarely does the referring entity have to pay for these things. It's truly a case of, if everybody's doing it, then is it even wrong? Sounds like everybody going 85 miles an hour on Southern California highways. (laughs) Well, it looks like the CFPB has answered that question. Now we'll wait and see if $1.75 million was enough of a deterrent to force people to look at their business practices and make some immediate changes. These settlements usually come in groups. And I can't help but wonder if we'll see more soon. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome back to the show Simple Nexus's Lori Brewer to talk about areas in the mortgage space that technology and innovation will impact most. She's Chief Technology Officer at Simple Nexus, an Encino company, and with over 25 years in mortgage banking, Lori's manifested her forward-thinking visions into the development of numerous fintech applications, including the premier incentive compensation platform, Compensafe, and the turnkey mortgage business intelligence software, Nexus Vision. For the link to the webinar she mentions at the end, look in today's podcast description. This is a topic of a lot of conversations I have, be it at conferences or uh, on this podcast, and it's technological innovation in the industry and, and how it's driving things forward. Finally, you know, it seems like we've been talking about this for a long time, but it's it's finally really coming to fruition in 2023. And I feel like 2023 for the mortgage industry is the year of tech innovation. And so I want to get your perspective on it. What are some key areas that you see having the biggest impact as the mortgage industry continues to evolve? 
Great question. And thanks for having me on, Robbie. I mean, there's so many areas that we could talk about, right? From data science and of course AI is in the news. Um, one of the first things I touch on is like customer experience. And that's what we're putting a lot of focus in right now. Um, and that's just one piece. Uh, there's so many pieces to technology innovation. Uh, and of course, we're kind of, we're constrained, I would say, in our industry. We have to play within a lot of boxes, but there's so much that we have yet to do. But for customer experience, um, one of the things I was thinking about is, so I logged into my online banking portal this morning and I had to download transactions for taxes and all these things. I can only do it 90 days at a time. Why is that? That is so frustrating. Um, those are like customer experiences that we should not have. That that That's a, a bank, not using our software, of course, um, but the online banking portal, I don't know if anybody has a better portal, but every bank I use, the online banking portal is, it needs um, a new, it just needs, you know, a better touch. And, you know, meanwhile, then I'm on my phone and I'm like totally addicted to Duolingo right now. I don't know if you've ever used that app, but I'm on a 180 day streak right now, every day, German. It's so competitive, engaging, and it's really simple, silly stuff. Um, but they bring you in. It's very focused. You learn what you need to do. You get your points for the day. You continue the streak. Um, fully engaged in that app. And we as an industry need to be more like Duolingo. Like, why can't we make it simple? Um, and so... You know, that is what Simple Nexus and Encino Mortgage is really focused on. We do a, so much user-based research. How do they interact with our app? How do future homeowners want to shop for their LO? Um, we use a tool called Pindo to give us metrics and analytics, just like where do people click and how do they get through? And we just released like an out-of-the-box um, new loan app. And just from I'm so proud of the team because just from enhancing the workflow and the customer experience, we went from a high 60% pull-through rate to over 70% of every single person that engages with Simple Nexus, either on the in mobile or on the web, um, over 70% go all the way through to submit that app. And we improve that simply through just the experience of how they engage and in our data. You know, and then another big area that we're concentrated on is APIs. This is this is not AI, but it kind of is because we still have a long way to go in the industry with APIs and making our data available. Like let all our let all of us do what we're super good at and then make that data open so that other vendors in the ecosystem can engage. And that's our um, focus to work with our partners uh, for verifications, homeowner education, title insurance, let the machines talk um, so that we can reduce the human intervention in the manual steps, makes it more accurate, quicker. Um, it's going to increase revenue for all our customers. You know, if we can reduce uh, the headcount involved in the process. 
So we're focused on that. We're building out what we're calling API 2.0. That's really exciting. And, you know, I'll touch on like data science, BI and analytics. We're very um, focused on how to use our data and display it back to our customers. Um, I see a lot of data projects not go so well because the easy part is like hire a couple engineers um, ingest the data and display it back uh, through graphs and tables. But it, you have to have someone on the business side, especially in our industry, who understands what that data is and how it's put together and how the users need to consume it. And that that's the tricky part. And, you know, anyone listening that has like an engineer, software engineer that also understands what all the data means, wow, that person is really rare. <laughs> need to pay them a lot of money because otherwise you need to have really strong teams around that. Um, so we're, we're putting a lot of investment in uh, making sure that our data is, is accurate, repeatable, um, and so always available when our users need um, to look up what's going on in their pipeline uh, and their funded loan reports and, and, and how their referrals are doing and how their business is running. I know I've taken probably a ton of time on this question, but one other thing I want to touch on is just how we're talking about AI here at Encino and Simple Nexus. There's so much hype right now around large language models. And so, I mean, it's hype, but some of it's real. Like it, it's very exciting. There's a lot going on. Um, and again, we're in this like very, uh, compliant, restrictive industry, but uh, that's what most of the industries are also. We can't use that as an excuse. Um, so we've, we're spending a lot of time like thinking, what, what are some of the ways that we can leverage AI to help our customers <laughs> in a reasonable time frame and have a chance at revenue? Um, some of those things are you know, whether that's large language models for chatbots, um, workflow automation. Uh, we, we do like, we already have um, some, I would say it's AI around, around automatically detecting signature points on forms. It's a lot of little things like that, that you can uh, put your computers to work um, so that you don't have to have a person doing those things. Um, we built out a couple of machine learning models. We're not using them for our customers, but it was more of like a an internal project. And that was to, to assign predictive scores to loans to predict the likelihood, you know, zero to 100 that that loan would close in the next 90 days. And it was a fascinating exercise because what was surprising is the loans with mid to good credit score, not the highest credit score and in income, um, scored much higher. And I, I, you know, my theory there was the higher income, higher credit score borrowers maybe shopped uh, the LO a little bit more. Um, but the challenge there is you can't introduce bias. You can't, 
you can't load any demographics or borrower characteristics, and you had to be limited on any type of profile um, data points. So anyway, but those are some of the things kind of we're looking at. There's there's so many exciting things going on. We covered a lot there, but you made me feel a little guilty because I feel like I should have started the podcast by saying, recommend their podcast, which which um, you from your Duolingo studies would would be appropriate. Feeling donk. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, let's focus on data science, though, because I know that was one of the things you mentioned. And when it comes to data science, how do you see industry jobs or roles and organizational strategies evolving to follow this trend? So I do believe um, just more and more we're continuing to shift in that direction. And so, you know, right now is, is in the we are opening, you know, 10 new data engineer data science uh, positions for our teams in Wilmington. And it's it is all around looking at uh, different models that we can use um, for, from pricing and profitability models, um, pre- predictive scoring, comparative analytics, uh, to supply that data back to our customers. Because um, the more we can ingest and calculate and put together in a meaningful way for our customers, the more they are able to run their business um, in a more streamlined fashion. We're a long way, I think, in our industry for getting rid of the traditional positions. However, I you know, they're especially the larger companies are more and more going to be putting some money and people and headcount behind, you know, data related positions because if you can leverage and, and do it right, you can then remove some of the other, you know, I hate, hate to talk about people's jobs, but when you're talking about running a business, um, headcount is the most expensive. So if you can reduce manual processes, you can reduce headcount and therefore all your metrics, um, you know, from a revenue perspective, uh, improve. No, this is good for people to hear because they can probably think in their own job, how do I find ways to make myself more valuable? all these manual processes, if I'm doing those, I need to kind of level up to the next thing. I want to go back to something you talked about in your first answer, and that was kind of the this app that gets you engaged and, and in it every day where you're using it and it's integral to your life and kind of bring it to, to what you're doing at Encino and Simple Nexus. You're developing a lot of different products or technologies for the mortgage space. Are there any recent or upcoming innovations that that you can share? Yeah, so we just released uh, improved workflow and support for HELOCs um, specifically. So supporting like HELOC loan types because that, you know, our industry has, because of interest rates there, the HELOC market uh, has really kind of blown up. Um, And so we're listening to that. And so we've built out um, new borrower and new loan officer support for HELOCs. We've also built out a new loan officer dashboard, uh, which is pretty cool um, because LOs are our number one users um, for Simple Nexus. And 
So we wanted to improve like the efficiency um, and the and what they saw when they first logged in, so that they could concentrate on the tasks and things that need their attention. So we we put a lot of widgets on that uh, front dashboard for them to focus their attention um, because you might not get a lot of their attention uh, sitting in front of a, a monitor or or on the phone. But so that was that's exciting. We've had a lot of really great feedback from that. And then we've released our our um, own native eVault solution, and this is exciting. JRNASIA, um, who has an extensive background uh, with MERS and eClose, and so our eVault and Cino eVault um, will allow us to um, go straight from you know all the way from a bar we're shopping and using our calculators all the way through signing. Uh, their disclosures, um, keeping up with milestones and statuses, closing same app on their phone. They can close their loan uh, without ever going into the office, you know, anybody's attorney's office or anything. And then that note, that deed, and we can go straight into our own eVault. Uh, it's just an end-to-end solution, and we're really excited about that. I want to close today kind of with a, a holistic question here, and that's how do you, Lori, see AI impacting both the mortgage space and the broader financial institution space? It's it's the topic of the hour. <laughs> um, you know, I it's a we have to find value in it. There's a lot of really fun things to do from an engineering perspective. I was listening to um, a podcast with Walter Isaacson, he just finished a, a 600 plus page um, novel on Elon Musk. And I, I'm going to read the book. I haven't read the book yet, but part of it, he's talking about they, you know, Elon, Elon's, um, you know, vision of self-driving car. And I drive it. I'm a very much a, a Tesla. Like I love my, I have a Tesla. I'm on my second Tesla. I love it. Um, and I'm in the self-driving like beta program. So, but what I didn't know is like they were part this is in the book is um, they were using more traditional programming, coding, if then else statements around writing all the rules for self-driving. Now they're taking clips um, from the self-driving. And if I take it off self-driving, my car asks me, why did you take it off self-driving? And it takes that little video clip and now that is becoming part of this huge AI model that they're building based on how did humans handle that particular situation along with video. It's just fascinating. Um, and, and so, you know, bringing it back to mortgage, um, we can't like take a bunch of video of people signing documents and make anything out of it, I don't think. But there, there are so many processes and in banking too, you know, commercial banking is ripe with improvements that can be made is how can we reduce the time needed um, to close a loan? Because nobody cares about that process. They just want the end result, their home, their HELOC, their commercial loan. And so how, why do we have to have this giant long process with all this paper? Um, so, you know, everything from verifications and the new uh, initiatives through Fannie and Freddie, um, all of those 
have opportunities for, I think, little AI uh, pieces that we can put in. Um, the simple example is a chat bot, you know, but I don't, there's not a lot of people that say they love interacting with the chat bot, but there are things we can do with language models, I think, that we can, you know, borrower education, processing of investor um, guidelines, those types of things. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll see who comes out with some really cool stuff uh, because it's going to happen. Uh, it's just a matter of making it something useful that people will also pay for. And some really good advice I got from a friend who's one of my more technologically advanced millennial friends. He said, find ways to incorporate AI into your everyday processes already so that you can kind of ride this wave, stay at the forefront rather than it passes you by and you go, holy smokes, now I'm trying to catch up. So little ways you can make your life less manual, I think will benefit all of us. Uh, Lori, I really enjoyed this. Thank you very much for the time. Thank you. And and I wanted to mention that on September 26th, 11 a.m. Eastern, uh, we have an Encino AI webinar, uh, which is titled Shaping the Future of AI for Financial Services. It's going to be a, a really interesting discussion with several industry um, leaders who are spending 100% of their time thinking about AI. Uh, for financial services. So I think, you know, if you have, um, if you can sign up and join us on that. I look forward to that. Much like the consumer price index on Wednesday, the producer price index report for August came in above expectations yesterday and at 0.7% versus consensus 0.4%. Other data on the day also included a better than expected August retail sales and at 0.6% month-over-month, largely due to gasoline stations, and a smaller-than-expected increase in weekly jobless claims. Low jobless claims reflect a fairly tight labor market, which helps to explain why consumer spending continues to hold up in the face of inflation pressures and rising rates. On the central bank front, the European Central Bank raised interest rates for a tenth consecutive time, to 4%, as President Lagarde signaled a shift that could mean the peak has been reached though she insisted that she can't yet say if that's the case. As far as our Fed, there is zero likelihood the central bank is going to signal they're done hiking rates at the conclusion of the FOMC meeting next week. Despite all the major events over the past couple of days that have influenced bonds, today's calendar also has some market-moving potential, as we'll receive empire manufacturing, import and export prices, August industrial production and capacity utilization, and preliminary September Michigan sentiment that includes inflation expectations. We begin the day with the agency MBS prices worse an eighth and the 10-year yielding 4.32 after closing yesterday at 4.29%. The two years up to 5.04%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. A man owned a small farm in Vermont. So the Vermont State Wage and Hour Department claimed he was not paying proper wages to his help and sent an agent out to interview. I need a list of your employees and how much you pay them, demanded the agent. Well, replied the farmer, there's my farmhand who's been with me for three years. I pay him $200 a week plus free room and board. The cook has been here 18 months or so and I pay her 150 per week plus free room and board. Then there's the halfwit who works about 18 hours every day and does about 90% of the work around here. He makes about $10 per week, pays his own room and board, 
and I buy him a bottle of bourbon every Saturday night. He also sleeps with my wife occasionally. That's the guy I want to talk to. The halfwit, says the agent. That would be me, replied the farmer. <laughs> Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Simple Nexus, an Encino company, makers of the mortgage technology suite that unites the people, systems, and stages of the mortgage process into one seamless end-to-end solution. Learn more at simplenexus.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.